0: the ninth book of the odysseys of homer this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by phil champ the ninth book of the odysseys of homer translated by george chapman the argument ulysses here is first made known who tells the stern contention his powers did gainst the sicans try, and thence the latophagi extends his conquest, and from them assays the cyclop polypheme, and by the crafts his wits supply he puts him out his only eye. ANOTHER ARGUMENT. IOTA. The strangely fed latophagi, the sickens fled, the cyclops eye ulysses thus resolved the king's demands alcinous in whom this empire stands you should not of so natural right disinherit your princely feast as take from it the spirit to hear a poet that an accent brings the gods breasts down and breathes them as he sings is sweet and sacred nor can i conceive in any common weal what more doth give note of the just and blessed empery than to see comfort universally cheer up the people, when in every roof she gives observers a most human proof of men's contents, to see a neighbour's feast adorn it through, and thereat hear the breast of the divine muse, men in order set, a wine page waiting, tables crowned with meat set close to guests that are to use it skilled, the cupboards furnished and the cups still filled this shows to my mind most humanly fair nor should you for me still the heavenly air that stirred my soul so for i love such tears as fall from fit notes beaten through mine ears with repetitions of what heaven hath done and break from hearty apprehension of god and goodness though they show my ill and therefore doth my mind excite me still to tell my bleeding moan but much more now to serve your pleasure that to overflow my tears with such cause may by sighs be driven, though ne'er so much plagued I may seem by heaven. And now my name, which way shall lead all to my miseries after, that their sounds may fall through your ears also, and show having fled so much affliction, first who rests his head in your embraces, when so far from home I knew not where to obtain it resting room. I am Ulysses Laertiades, the fear of all the world for policies, for which my facts as high as heaven resound. I dwell in Ithaca, earth's most renowned, all overshadowed with the shake leaf hill, tree famed Neritus, whose near confines fill islands a number, well inhabited, that under my observance taste their bread. dulichius Samos, and full of foods Acinthus, likewise graced with store of wood but ithaca though in the seas it lie yet lies she so aloft she casts her eye quite over all the neighbour continent far northward situate and being lent but little favour of the morn and sun with barren rocks and cliffs is overrun and yet of hardy youths a nurse of name nor could i see a soil where'er i came more sweet and wishful yet from hence was i withheld with horror by the deity divine calypso in her cavey house and flamed to make me her sole lord and spouse circeeia too that knowing dame whose veins the like affections did inflame detained me likewise but to neither's love could i be tempted which doth well approve nothing so sweet is as our country's earth and joy of those from whom we claim our birth Though roofs far richer we far off possess, yet from our native all our more is less. To which, as I contend, I will tell the much distress'd conferring facts that fell by Jove's divine prevention. Since I set from ruin Troy, my first foot in retreat, from Ilion ill winds cast me on the coast. The Sicans hold where I employed mine host for ismarus a city built just by my place of landing. Of which victory made me the expuner. I depeopled it, slew all the men, And did their wives remit, with much spoil taken, Which we did divide, that none might need his part. I then applied all speed for flight. But my command therein, fools that they were, Could no observance win of many soldiers, Who, with spoil fed high, would yet fill higher, And excessively fell to their wine gave slaughter on the shore cloven footed beeves and sheep in mighty store in mean space sickens did to sickens cry when of their nearest dwellers instantly many and better soldiers made strong head that held the continent and managed their horse with high skill on which they would fight when fittest cause serv and again alight with soon seen vantage and on foot contend their concourse swift was, and had never end. As thick and sudden twas as flowers and leaves Dark spring discovers, when she light receives. And then began the bitter fate of Jove To alter us unhappy, which even strove To give us sufferance. At our fleet we made and forced stand, And there they did invade our thrust-up forces. Darts and darts, with blows on both sides, Either making parts good upon either, while the morning shone, and sacred day her bright increase held on, though much outmatched in number, but soon as Phoebus westward fell, the sickens won much hand of us, six proven soldiers fell of every ship, the rest they did compel to seek of flight, escape from death, and fate. thence sad in heart, we sailed, and yet our state was something cheer'd that being o'ermatched so much in violent number our retreat was such as saved so many our dear loss the less that they survived so like for like success yet left we not the coast before we called home to our country earth the souls exhaled of all the friends the sickens overcame thrice called we on them by their several name and then took leave then from the angry north cloud-gathering jove a dreadful storm called forth against our navy Covered shore and all with gloomy vapours. Night did headlong fall from frowning heaven, and then hurled here and there was all our navy, the rude winds did tear in three, in four parts all their sails, and down driven under hatches were we, pressed to drown. Up rush we yet again, and with tough hand, two days, two nights and toiled, we gat near land, labors and sorrows eating up our minds the third clear day yet to more friendly winds we masts advanced we white sails spread and sate four winds and guides again did iterate our ease and home hopes which we clear had reached, had not by chance a sudden north wind fetch'd with an extreme sea quite about again our whole endeavours and our course constrain'd to giddy round and with our bowed sails greet dreadful Malia, calling back our fleet as far north as Kethura, nine days more adverse winds tossed me and the tenth the shore where dwelt the blossom fed lotophagi i fetched fresh water took in instantly fell to our food a shipboard and then sent two of my choice men to the continent adding a third a herald to discover what sort of people were the rulers over the land next to us where the first they met were the lotophagi that made them eat their country diet and no ill intent hid in their hearts to them, and yet the event to ill converted it, for having eat their dainty viands, they did quite forget, as all men else that did but taste their feast, both countrymen and country. Nor addressed any return to inform what sort of men made fixed abode there, but would needs maintain abode themselves there and eat that food ever. I made out after and was fain to sever the enchanted knot by forcing their retreat that strived and wept and would not leave their meat for heaven itself but dragging them to fleet i wrapped in sure bands both their hands and feet and cast them under hatches and away commanded all the rest without least stay lest they should taste the loti too and forget with such strange raptures their despised retreat all then aboard we beat the sea with oars and still with sad hearts sailed by outway shores till the outlawed cyclops's land we fetched a race of proud-lived loiterers that never sow nor put plant in earth nor use a plough but trust in god for all things and the earth unsown unplough'd gives every offspring birth that other lands have wheat and barley vines that bear in goodly grapes delicious wines and jove sends showers for all no councils there nor councillors nor laws but all men bear their heads aloft on mountains and those steep and on their tops too and their houses keep in vaulty caves their households governed all by each man's law imposed in several nor wife nor child odd but as he thinks good none for another caring but there stood another little isle, well stored with wood betwixt this and the entry. Neither nigh the Cyclops's isle nor yet far off doth lie. Men's want it suffered, but the men's supplies the goats made with their inarticulate cries. Goats beyond number this small island breeds, so tame that no access disturbs their feeds. No hunters that the tops of mountains scale and rub through woods with toil seek them at all nor is the soil with flocks fed down not ploughed nor ever in it any seed was sowed nor place the neighbor cyclops their delights in brave vermilion prow decked ships nor rites useful and skilful in such works as need perfection to those traffics that exceed their natural confines to fly out and see cities of men and take in mutually the priests of others to themselves they live and to their island that enough would give a good inhabitant and time of year observed all things art could order there there close upon the sea sweet meadows spring that yet of fresh streams want no watering to their soft burthens but of special yield your vines would be there and your common field but gentle work make for your plough yet bear a lofty harvest when you came to shear for passing fat the soil is in it lies a harbor so opportune that no ties, hawsers, or gables need, nor anchors cast. Whom storms put in there are with stay embraced, or to their full will safe, or winds aspire to pilots' uses, their more quick desire. At entry of the haven, a silver ford is from a rock impressing fountain poured, all set with sable poplars, and this port where we arrived at by the sweet resort of some god guiding us-for twas a night so ghastly dark all port was past our sight clouds hit our ships and would not let the moon afford a beam to us the whole isle won by not an eye of ours none thought the blore that then was up shoved waves against the shore that then to an unmeasured height put on we still at sea esteemed us till alone our fleet put in itself and then were struck our gathered sails our rest ashore we took and day expected when the morn gave fire we rose and walked and did the isle admire the nymphs jove's daughters putting up a herd of mountain goats to us to render cheered my fellow soldiers to our fleet we flew our crooked bows took long piled darts and drew ourselves in three parts out when by the grace that god vouchsafed we made a gainful chase twelve ships we had and every ship had nine fat goats allotted ten only mine thus all that day even till the sun was set we sat and feasted pleasant wine and meat plenteously taking for we had not spent our ruddy wine a shipboard supplement of large sort each man to his vessel drew when we the sacred city overthrew that held the sickens now then saw we near the cyclops late praised island and might hear the murmur of their sheep and goats and see their smokes ascend the sun then set and we when night succeeded took our rest ashore and when the world the morning's favour wore i called my friends to council, charging them to make stay there while i took ship and stream with some associates and explored what men the neighbour island held if of rude disdain churlish and tyrannous or minds berade, pious and hospitable thus much said i boarded and commanded to ascend my friends and soldiers to put off and lend way to our ship they boarded sat and beat the old sea forth till we might see the seat the great cyclop held for his abode which was a deep cave near the common road of ships that touch there thick with laurels spread where many sheep and goats lay shadowed and near to this a hall of torn-up stone, high built with pines that heaven and earth atone, and lofty fronted oaks, in which kept house a man in shape imane and monstrous, fed all his flocks alone, nor would afford commerce with men, but had a wit abhorred his mind his body answering. Nor was he like any man that food could possibly enhance so hugely, but beheld alone, showed like a steep hill's top all overgrown with trees and brambles little thought had i of such vast objects when arrived so nigh some of my loved friends i made stay aboard to guard my ship and twelve with me i shored the choice of all i took besides along a goatskin flagon of wine black and strong that morrow did present evanthios's son and priest to phoebus who had mansion in thracian Ismarus, the town i took he gave it me since i with reverence struck of his grave place his wife and children's good freed all of violence amidst a wood sacred to phoebus stood his house from whence he fetched me gifts of varied excellence seven talents of fine gold a bowl all framed of massy silver but his gift most famed was twelve great vessels filled with such rich wine as was incorruptible and divine he kept it as his jewel which none knew but he himself his wife and he that drew it was so strong that never any filled a cup where that was but by drops instilled and drunk it off but twas before allayed with twenty parts in water yet so swayed the spirit of that little that the whole a sacred odor breathed about the bowl had you the odor smelt and sent it cast it would have vexed you to forbear the taste and then the taste gained to the spirit it wrought to dare things high set up an end my thought, of this a huge great flagon full I bore, and in a good large knapsack victuals store, and long to see this heap of fortitude that so illiterate was and upland rude that laws divine nor human he had learned. With speed we reached the cavern, nor discerned his presence there. His flocks he fed at field. Entering his den, each thing beheld did yield our admiration. Shelves with cheeses heaped sheds stuffed with lambs and goats, distinctly kept distinct the biggest, the more mean, distinct, distinct the youngest, and in their precinct, proper and placeful, stood the troughs and pails in which he milked, and what was given at meals, set up a creaming in the evening, still all scouring bright as dew upon the hill then were my fellows instant to convey kids cheeses lambs a shipboard and away sail the salt billow i thought best not so but better otherwise and first would know what guest gifts he would spare me little knew my friends on whom they would have prayed his view proved after that his inwards were too rough for such bold usage we were bold enough in what i suffered which was there to stay make fire and feed there though bare none away. There sat we, till we saw him feeding come, and on his neck a burthen lugging home, most highly huge of sere wood, which the pile that fed his fire supplied all supper while. Down by his den he threw it, and up rose a tumult with the fall. Afraid, we close withdrew ourselves, while he into a cave of huge receipt his high-fed cattle grave. All that he milked, the males he left without his lofty roofs, that all bestowed about with rams and buck goats were, and then a rock he lift aloft, that dammed up to his flock the door they entered. T'was so hard to wield that two and twenty wagons, all four-wheeled, could they be loaded and have teams that were proportioned to them, could not stir it there. Thus making sure he kneeled and milked his ewes and brain goats with all a milker's dues then let in all their young then quick did dress his half-milk up for cheese and in a press of wicker press it put in bowls the rest to drink and eat and serve his supping feast all works dispatched thus he began his fire which blown he saw us and thus did inquire who oh, guess what are ye whence sail ye these seas Trafficker, rove ye, and like thieves oppress poor strange adventurers, exposing so your souls to danger and your lives to woe. This uttered he, when fear from our hearts took the very life to be so thunder struck with such a voice and such a monster see But thus I answered, erring Grecians, we from Troy were turning homewards but by force of adverse winds in far diverted course such unknown ways took and on rude seas tossed as jove decreed are cast upon this coast of agamemnon famous atreus son we boast ourselves the soldiers who hath won renown that reacheth heaven to overthrow so great a city and to ruin so many nations yet at thy knees lie our prostrate bosoms forced with prayers to try if any hospitable right or boon of other nature such as have been won by laws of other houses thou wilt give reverence the gods thou greatest of all that live we suppliants are and hospitable jove pours reek on all whom prayers want power to move and with their plagues together will provide that humble guest shall have their wants supplied he cruelly answered o thou fool said he to come so far and to importune me with any god's fear or observant love we cyclops care not for your goat-fed jove nor other blessed ones we are better far to jove himself dare i bid open war to thee and all thy fellows if i please but tell me where's the ship that by the seas hath brought thee hither if far off or near inform me quickly these his temptings were but i too much knew not to know his mind and craft with craft paid telling him the wind thrust up from sea by him that shakes the shore had dashed our ships against his rocks and tore her ribs in pieces close upon his coast and we from high rack saved the rest were lost he answered nothing but rushed in and took two of my fellows up from earth and struck their brains against it like two whelps they flew about his shoulders and did all embrew the blushing earth no mountain lion tore two lambs so sternly lapped up all their gore gushed from their torn bodies limb by limb trembling with life yet ravished into him both flesh and marrow stuffed bones he eat and even the uncleansed entrails made his meat we weeping cast our hands to heaven to view a sight so horrid, desperation flew with all our after lives to instant death in our believed destruction. But when breath the fury of his appetite had got because the gulf his belly reached his throat, man's flesh and goat's milk laying layer on layer till near choked up was all the pass for air along his den amongst his cattle down he rushed and streaked him when my mind was grown desperate to step in draw my sword and part his bosom where the strings about the heart circle the liver and add strength of hand but that rash thought more staid did countermand for there we all had perished since it passed our powers to lift aside a log so vast as barred all outscape and so sighed away the thought all night expecting active day which come he first of all his fire and flames then milks his goats and ewes then to their dames lets in their young and wondrous orderly with manly haste dispatch his housewifery then to his breakfast to which other two of my poor friends went which eat out then go his herds and fat flocks lightly putting by the churlish bar and closed it instantly for both those works with ease as much he did as you would open and shut your quiver-lid with storms of whistlings then his flock he drave up to the mountains an occasion gave for me to use my wits which to their height i strived to screw up that a vengeance might by some means fall from thence and pallas now afforded a full ear to my neediest vow. this then my thoughts preferred: a huge club laid close by his milk-house which was now in way to dry in season being an olive-tree which late he felled and being green must be made lighter for his manage twas so vast that we resembled it to some fit mast to serve a ship of burthen that was driven with twenty oars and had a bigness given to bear a huge sea full so thick so tall we judged this club which i in part hewed small and cut a fathom off the piece i gave amongst my soldiers to take down and shave which done i sharpened it at top and then hardened in fire i hid it in the den within a nasty dunghill reeking there thick and so moist it issued everywhere then made i lots cast by my friends to try whose fortune served to dare the bored-out eye of that man-eater and the lot did fall on four. i wished to make my aid of all and i the fifth made chosen like the rest then came the even, and he came from the feast of his fat cattle, drave in all, nor kept one male abroad, if or his memory slept by God's direct will, or of purpose was his driving in of all then, doth surpass my comprehension. But he closed again the mighty bar, milked, and did still maintain all other observation as before. His work all done, two of my soldiers more at once he snatched up, and to supper went. Then dared I words to him, and did present a bowl of wine with these words. Cyclop, take a bowl of wine from my hand, that may make way for the man's flesh thou hast eat, and show what drink our ship held, which in sacred vow I offer to thee to take ruth on me in my dismission home. Thy rages be now no more sufferable how shall men man and inhuman that thou art again greet thy abode and get thy actions grace if thou ragest and eat'st up their race he took and drunk and vehemently joyed to taste the sweet cup and again employed my flagons powers entreating more and said good guest again afford my taste thy aid and let me know thy name and quickly now that in thy recompense i may bestow a hospitable gift on thy desert and such a one as shall rejoice thy heart for to the cyclops too the gentle earth bears generous wine and jove augments her birth in store of such with showers but this rich wine fell from the river that is mere divine of nectar and ambrosia this again i gave him and again nor could the fool abstain but drunk as often when the noble juice had wrought upon his spirit i then gave use to fairer language saying cyclop now as thou demandest i'll tell my name do thou make good thy hospitable gift to me my name is no man no man each degree of friends as well as parents call my name he answered as his cruel soul became no man i'll eat thee last of all thy friends and this is that in which so much amends i vow to thy deservings thus shall be my hospitable gift made good to thee this said he upwards fell but then bent round his fleshy neck and sleep with all crowns crown'd the savage from his throat break out my wine with man's flesh gobbets like a spout when loaded with his cups, he lay and snored, and then I took the club's end up and gored the burning coal-heap that the point might heat, confirmed my fellows' minds, lest fear should let their vow assay and make them fly my aid. Straight was the olive lever I had laid amidst the huge fire to get hardening hot and glowed extremely, though twas green, which got from forth the cinders. Close about me stood my hearty friends, But that which did the good was God's good inspiration, That gave a spirit beyond the spirit they used to have, Who took the olive spar, made keen before, And plunged it in his eye, and up I bore, Bent to the top close, and helped pour it in With all my forces. And as you have seen, a shipwright bore a naval beam, He oft thrusts at the auger's froof, work still aloft and at the shank help others with a cord wound round about to make it sooner board all plying the round still so into his eye the fiery stake we labored to imply out gushed the blood that scalded his eyeball thrust out a flaming vapor that scorched all his brows and eyelids his eye-strings did crack as in the sharp and burning rafter break, and as a smith to harden any tool broad axe or mattock in his trough doth cool the red-hot substance that so fervent is it makes the cold waves straight to seethe and hiss so sawed and hissed his eye about the stake he roared withal and all his cavern break in claps like thunder we did frighted fly dispersed in corners he from forth his eye the fixed stake plucked after which the blood flowed freshly forth and mad, he hurled the wood about his hovel. Out he then did cry for other Cyclops that in caverns by upon a windy promontory dwelled. Who, hearing how impetuously he yelled, rushed every way about him and inquire what ill afflicted him that he expired such horrid clamors and in sacred night to break their sleep so, asked him if his fright came from some mortal that his flocks had driven or if by craft or might his death were given. He answered from his den, By craft nor might no man hath given me death. They then said, right, If no man hurt thee, and thyself alone, that which is done to thee by Jove is done, and what great Jove inflicts no man can fly. Pray to thy father yet, a deity, and prove from him if thou canst help acquire thus spake they leaving him when all on fire my heart with joy was that so well my wit and name deceived him whom now pain did split and groaning up and down he groping tried to find the stone which found he put aside but in the door sat feeling if he could as his sheep issued on some man lay hold esteeming me a fool that could devise no stratagem to escape his gross surprise but I contending what I could invent my friends and me from death so eminent to get delivered all my wiles I wove life being the subject, and did this approve fat, fleecy rams, most fair and great, lay there that did a burden like a violet bear, these while this learned in villainy did sleep, I yoked with osiers cut there, sheep to sheep, three in a rank. And still the midsheep bore a man about his belly, the two more marched on his each side for defense. I then, choosing myself the fairest of the den, his fleecy belly under crept, embraced his back, and in his rich wool wrapped me fast with both my hands, armed with as fast a mind. And thus each man hung till the morning shined, which come he knew the hour, and led abroad his male flocks first. The females unmilked stood bleating and braying, their full bags so sore with being unemptied. But their shepherd more with being unsighted, which was cause his mind went not a milking. He to reek inclined. The backs felt as they passed of those male dams. Gross fool, believing we would ride his rams, nor ever knew that any of them bore upon his belly any man before. The last ram came to pass him with his wool and me together loaded to the full for there I did hang, and that ram he stayed, and me withal had in his hands my head troubled the while not causelessly, nor least this ram he groped and talked to, lazy beast, why last art thou now? Thou hast never used to lag thus hindmost, but still first hast bruised the tender blossom of a flower and held state in thy steps both to the flood and field first still at fold at even now last remain dost thou not wish i had mine eye again which that abhorred man no man did put out assisted by his excrable rout when he had wrought me down with wine but he must not escape my wreak so cunningly i would to heaven thou knewest and could but speak to tell me where he lurks now i would break his brain about my cave strewed here and there to ease my heart of those foul ills that were the inflictions of a man i prized at naught thus let he him abroad when i once brought a little way from his hold myself first loosed and next to my friends then drave we and disposed his straight-legged fat fleece bears over land even till they all were in my ship's command and to our loved friends showed our prayed-for sight escaped from death but for our loss outright they break in tears which with a look i stayed and bade them take our boot in they obeyed and up we all went sat and used our oars but having left as far as the savage shores as one might hear a voice we then might see the cyclop at the haven when instantly i stayed our oars and this insultance used Cyclop, thou should not have so much abused thy monstrous forces, to oppose their least against a man in and a guest, and eat his fellows. Thou mightst know there were some ills behind, rude swain, for thee to bear, that feared not to devour thy guests, and break all laws of humans. Jove sends therefore Reek, and all the gods by me. This blew the more his burning fury when the top he tore from off a huge rock and so right a throw made at our ship that just before the prow it overflew and fell missed mast and all exceeding little but about the fall so fierce a wave it raised that back it bore our ship so far it almost touched the shore a bead-hook then a far extended one i snatched up thrust hard and so set us gone some little way and straight commanded all to help me with their oars on pain to fall again on our confusion but a sign i with my head made and their oars were mine in all performance when we off were set then first twice further my heart was so great it would again provoke him but my men on all sides rushed about me to contain and said unhappy why will you provoke a man so rude that with so dread a stroke given with his rock dart made the sea thrust back our ship so far and near hand forced our rack should he again but hear your voice resound and any word reach thereby would be found his dart's direction which would in his fall crush piecemeal us quite split our ship and all so much dart wields the monster thus urged they impossible things in fear but i gave way to that wrath which so long i held depressed by great necessity conquered would in my breast cyclop if any ask thee who imposed thy unsightly blemish that thine eye enclosed, say that ulysses old laertes son whose seat is ithaca and who hath one surname of city raiser boarded out at this he brayed so loud that round about he drave affrighted echoes through the air and said o beast i was premonished fair by aged prophecy in one that was a great and good man this should come to pass and how tis proved now augur talamus surnamed eurymedes that spent with us his age in augury and did exceed in all presage of truth said all this deed should this event take Authored by the hand of one ulysses whom i thought was manned would with great and goodly personage and bore a virtue unanswerable and this shore should shake with weight of such a conqueror when now a weakling came a dwarfy thing a thing of nothing who yet wit did bring that brought supply to all and with his wine put out the flame where all my light did shine come land again ulysses that my hand may guest rights give thee and the great command that neptune hath at sea i may convert to the deduction where abides thy heart with my solicitings whose son i am and whose fame boasts to bear my father's name nor think my hurt offends me for my sire can soon repose in it the visual fire at his free pleasure which no power beside can boast of men or of the deified i answered would to god i could compel both life and soul from thee and send to hell those spoils of nature hardly neptune then could cure thy hurt and give thee all again then flew fierce vows to neptune both his hands to star-born heaven cast o thou that all lands girdst in thy ambient circle and in air shakes the curled tresses of thy sapphire hair if i be thine or thou mayest justly vaunt thou art my father hear me now and grant that this ulysses old laertes son that dwells in ithaca and name hath one of city ruiner may never reach his natural region or if to fetch that and the sight of his fair roofs and friends be fatal to him let him that amends for all his miseries long time and ill smart for and fail of nor that fate fulfil till all his soldiers quite are cast away in others ships and when at last the day of his sole landing shall his dwelling show let detriment prepare him wrongs enow thus pray'd he neptune who his sire appear'd and all his prayer to every syllable heard but then a rock in size more amplified than first he ravished to him and implied a dismal strength in it when wheeled about he sent it after us nor flew it out from any blind aim for a little pass beyond our fore-deck from the fall there was which the sea our ship gave back upon and shrunk up into billows from the stone our ship again repelling near as near the shore as first but then our rowers were being warned more armed and stronglier stemmed the flood that bore back on us till our ship made good the other island where our whole fleet lay, in which our friends lay mourning for our stay, and every minute looked when we should land, where now arrived we drew up to the sand, the Cyclops sheep dividing that none there of all our privates might be wrung and bear too much on power the ram yet was alone by all my friends made all my portion above all others and i made him then a sacrifice for me and all my men to cloud compelling jove that all commands to whom i burn the thighs but my sad hands received no grace from him who studied how to offer men and fleet to overthrow all day till sunset yet we sat and eat and liberal store took in of wine and meat the sun then down and place resigned to shade we slept morn came my men i raised and made all go aboard Way anchor and away they boarded sat and beat the aged sea and forth we made sail sad for loss before any yet had comfort since we lost no more end of the ninth book